So, you know, should we try and make this one a professional, a uh, bit more professional on the podcast? Well, it's, again, it's not like anybody's paying for this, is it? Exactly. You know, we just make this crap up as we go along. Fair enough. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Host Unknown podcast. We think we're on episode seven, eight, nine, something like 12, that now. Episode we lose 12. track. Twelve, yeah, because yes. we're we're very prolific like that. And talking of prolific, hello, Andy. Uh, hello, Mister Langford. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you, sir. I'm very well. And what about you, Mister Malik? How are you? Uh, tired and miserable. Nothing. Well, either. freshly rolled out of bed, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, whoever's idea it was to do it so early on a bank holiday Friday. At uh, 1pm in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very early. Anyway, it's not a bank holiday, it's a public holiday. Subtle difference. What's the difference between a bank holiday and a public holiday, sir? Uh, banks are normally closed on a bank holiday, hence the name. And on a public holiday, uh, like May Day, which is what this one originally was, it, uh, banks would have remained open. Really? Why would I believe they? so? So we didn't actually switch the May Day to here. We switched the May Day bank holiday to Friday. Ah, so maybe it is a bank holiday. Because May Day was a Friday. <laughs> yeah, May Day isn't a bank holiday. That's a public holiday. Who knows? Certainly none of us. <laughs> maybe we should stop giving out fake news. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. On this on this um consumer focused information security podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. All all I know is my American colleagues are just like you guys are always having days off. So do you know and yeah, actually yeah. when you count them up they have more. Yeah, I was gonna say I've been down this route before with American colleagues where uh, you, you list out all the uh, public holidays in a year and the US do slightly come out ahead of us. Where you want to work is India. Because they, they have something like, is it 17 or 18 a year? Nice. Like so Malaysia's not too far behind. But uh, the good thing about Malaysia is you don't actually know when it's going to be a public holiday. The king just oh. declares it. and uh, <laughs> On the morning of? Uh, sometimes they get a, you know, a day or two's notice. Um, and there's, um, like, again, this could be fake news, but as I understand it when I query why they have so many holidays, uh, there's like four kings. Uh, or something, so they all decide to have their own public holidays. Um, is that is that a bit like the two Ronnies four candles? Yes, <laughs> something like that for the older viewers. I have um, no idea what that is, but okay, yeah. <laughs> oh please, come on, absolute classic. Oh dear. So, either of you come down with the Rona yet? Uh, again, still not calling it that, but um, I did have some, <laughs> uh, some slightly positive news with. Um, you know, with this whole ongoing situation. Um, an email which arrived in my inbox obviously scared the hell out of me, first of all, because in the preview it came up, uh, you know, dear Mr. Agnes, you may be aware that HM Revenue and Customs, you know, brackets HMRC, uh, and any time I see those initials, it's rarely positive. So um, I saw that in the preview, I was like, uh-oh. Uh, and it says, uh, it continues, uh, HMRC recently amended the categorization of personal protective equipment uh, to classify it as zero rated for VAT purposes. Uh, prior to today, we kept the items in our system as standard rated 20%. Uh, 
while we obtained formal advice from HMRC. Um, long and short of it is they're going to give me a refund because uh, I've been purchasing some PPE and uh, they charge VAT for it. So, um, you know, within the next sort of 14 days, the uh, money will reappear on my credit card. Is that PPE you ordered from Turkey? Uh, no, this is a UK-based stock, which um, they ordered from Turkey. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm okay with it. So just as ineffective, but at least you got a refund on it. Exactly. So yeah. I'm intrigued as to how much and how full your garage actually is. Um, so I am well-stocked. I was well-stocked prior to the pandemic, um, sort of really taking hold. Um, but I had recently made deliveries to uh, family. Uh, who were not as prepared as I was. Um, so I had to uh, share a lot of my equipment. Uh, and as you well know, the, uh, it's very difficult to get hold of 3M, uh, you know, the nice branded uh, FFP2 or better face mask at the moment. Um, and again, that was some of the stock that I had uh, delivered to uh, family members who were unprepared. Um, so now I'm just replenishing my stock uh, and obviously not competing with uh, UK um, health services who have their own suppliers uh, you know as a private citizen i have trained for my I'm own this is not available on amazon uh no it's not the amazon stuff no i've kind of been all over um you know to get it but um you know alternative industries if you hit like the whole uh, hair and market uh, no hair and beauty uh, industries uh, i've been uh, a uh, long time uh, commercial client of um, I can I can tell from your profile pictures. Exactly, yeah. Obviously, I, I take care of myself there. Um, but no, they are an industry which is uh, rife with alcohol-based sanitizer and um, personal equipment. I'm glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, rife with uh, alcoholics uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, I guess we should get on with the show and actually talk about some infosec stuff. No, this is Although, the, this I guess is, this personal. is actually interesting. This is actually really well, interesting. Is. This is like you know, safety is very important. So, so just uh, you actually sound like one of those American preppers, just minus the gun. So, do you actually <laughs> have a bunker somewhere in your garden? <laughs> I don't. You know what? And it's it's hard to find the balance, as you you may well know. A very good friend of mine. Um, I won't say his name because he's very private. He goes by Mister Kipling on Twitter. Um, and I would classify him as a prepper. Uh, so, you know, he's kind of been on at me since since early January to be, to prepare and stock up. And, uh, you know, he doesn't let up. He bought a couple of extra freezers to store uh, meat from the butchers and stuff like that. And um, it, it's about finding the balance, you know. So whatever he says, if you tone it back a couple of notches, uh, you know, you should be okay. That's about right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, Obviously, I would say a conspiracy theorist as well, but um, he has been right on uh, a lot of recent occasions. Uh, the whole Brexit the thing-, thing he bet on big, uh, he bet on very big and uh, made a lot of money. And uh, Trump becoming president as well was uh, also a big uh, windfall for him. Um, but the thing is about these preppers that gets me, and, and, and as uh, you see this in in America, obviously, because it's almost, I think, where the prepper movement originated yeah. from. But with all this lockdown, you'd think that these prepper these these preppers, the guys who walk around in tactical kit and carry guns and normally have beards and you know baseball caps, all that sort of stuff, and turn up at these marches. But you know, this is exactly what they're preparing for—a lockdown. Yeah, I can't go- 
batten the hatches, all that sort of thing. And yet they're the ones out there complaining that they can't get a haircut. Yeah. They're just I, not I, as prepared as really they thought bizarre. they were. Or they want to get their nails done or something. You know, it's just because there aren't zombies doesn't mean that it's it's not time to, you know, lock the doors on your subterranean shelter and uh, hopefully lose the key. Yeah. Bizarre. Utterly bizarre. Speaking of bizarre people, what's has there been any movement on the auditor you mentioned last week, Andy? Uh, there hasn't. Ah, yes. Um, other than he has not only doubled down, he has quadrupled down uh, on his insistence that um, people having access to the System 32 folder in a corporate environment is a um, serious finding and not in line with the principle of least privilege. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's almost n- nothing else you can say about this because it is so insane. I know. <laughs> it's, you know, there's, uh, there's a gif where the guy is, is, is about to say something and he sort of, you know, just puts his hands to his mouth and stops before he actually yeah. says, yeah, that's, that's me every time. Uh, I reckon he possible. actually knows he's wrong. But he can't, he can't back down now. Do you know what this sometimes happens with uh, auditors? And generally, what we have to do is just replace the people. Um, you know, we will we will introduce new people on our side um, and sort of you know say things in a different way, and it gives everyone a chance to walk away uh, and save face. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. no. This guy, he's already had additional people. Um, you know, player three's already entered the game, and uh, he's doubled down. And player Microsoft as well. Player Microsoft ends the game as well. <laughs> and uh, no, this uh, this auditor knows better than Microsoft how uh, Windows works. So, yeah. And and he's still not able to offer a solution either. Uh, so because just very... any good auditor would say, this no. is wrong, this is the risk, well, this is what you can do about it. Yeah, and so I guess... Um, you know, his approach is that, uh, you know, we should catalogue, um, you know, all the, I guess he refers to them as powerful directories of a Windows operating system. Um, and then... Powerful direct. I mean, that, yeah, that terminology and, alone <laughs> is, and, uh, is wrong. Obviously, we should then, you know, by default, we should block them and then grant access on an as-needed privilege. Um, so, you know, if you need access to cmd.exe, um, you know, it's... Presumably you've got other mitigating controls in place that mean that certain people can't fire so up these, the command prompt. These desktops are um, locked. Pro- they're hardened. They're more locked down than most people would uh, would experience uh, in their um, normal daily working life. Um, yeah. And, you know, to the point where, you know, you can't even – it's not like um, – you know, you, ha- you have a machine and all the controls are, are solid when you're on the network or when you're connected to the corporate VPN. No, we have roaming proxies. You know, all of our controls are offline controls as well. It's not a case if you disconnect from the network, we can't see you. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. The, the controls are persistent. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, where can I go from this? You know, it's, uh, you know, I've been trying to get someone else on their side, uh, you know, escalate and escalate. And, um, you know, unfortunately, his uh immediate superior his boss uh, head of department appears to be supporting him in his assessment so uh you know we're currently at an impasse um i wonder if there's 
anybody in the industry you know who works there who could give some kind of um, you know guide? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like a how Windows works book. <laughs> well, know, or even, if, you, if you're going to you assess know, something, at least understand how it works, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're or at least tell you if this guy actually knows what he's talking about yeah. or something, or or no, that's not how we do it in this company. He's talking out of his backside or something, you know. Yeah, but uh, obviously it's one of those, um, you know, one of the, <laughs> those situations where, uh, uh, you know, you just scratch your head and uh, figure. And, you know, like I say, I think I mentioned last week, these are the struggles with uh, InfoSec. It's not all pen testing and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the, the fun stuff, popping shells. It's uh, we, had, we had an auditor once who refused to hand over her driving license at the data centre. <laughs> uh, because they couldn't, you know, she didn't didn't sort of trust or or didn't want to lose control of a driving license, and she had to do a you know in person assessment of the data center. She refused <laughs> to hand over a driving license. They wouldn't let her in. We failed on the sections to do with the data center because she was unable to um, in person confirm. Excellent. So we we in that case we escalated and and uh, went round to, yeah. But uh, yeah, ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. And also, you no, know, the the controls that she was trying to test worked. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, physical security. So, yeah. So yeah. it's um, you know, it's also just one of these things, kids. And uh, you know, we we have said money a time. Uh, you know, certifications do not an infosec professional make. And just because you're a senior auditor doesn't mean you're any good either. Yes. You're only as good as your last job. Mm, interesting. So, so, so actually, there's a just on a completely unrelated thing, I just found this this news article. I'll send it to you guys on the on our chat thingy. It says... Uh, yeah, the, kill- the listeners won't be able to get it. No, the killing of auditor Guerala Ahmad out of the commissioner, Commission of Audit, the COA, the other day could be work-related. <laughs> no comment i have an alibi <laughs> so I'll, I'll just yeah just just something that caught my yeah. eye so just uh tom when you're asking how uh how i progress this one problem solved yeah <laughs> allegedly 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 shall we care- get on with it then yeah well i'm still coughing which is why i just paused and uh so i can is that um, the hey, that's the rona rona <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's let's move on. So um I think we have got oh yes, here we go. This is what we're gonna do next. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Oh, this sounds like one for me. <laughs> yeah. Um so Billy Big Balls of the Week. There's uh for me this week comes from the Northwest Ambulance Service. Um who they posted on one of their social media accounts uh, that they were aware of a TikTok video circulating on social media, um, which was posted by a small group of their staff, uh, and it apparently showed them acting in an unprofessional manner. Uh, now, the the thing to realise, you know, these guys were not youngsters. You know, they're not Gen Z. Um, you know, they acknowledged they were not meant to cause offence, but you know, also acknowledge it was highly inappropriate. Um, and for me, it's something I can relate to. You know, when you're in a situation 
where you know you're probably you know you're probably going to get in trouble because it's not appropriate, but you follow through anyway. You know, just for the giggles. Uh, And it's something I can wholly relate to. Uh, So, what these guys did, you may be aware of the um, the meme of the African funeral dancers. Uh, oh yes, oh yes. Yeah, so they kind of did. They did the intro. You know, there's a guy got into the back of their ambulance. Um, you know, sort of. Uh, they said, "Just wait over there. You know, we'll come and see you." Uh, and then he coughed. Uh, and then uh, you know, the build up to the music as it comes in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, he the <laughs> and then uh, they sort of completed the whole thing. They, uh, they dance with a dummy, um, you know, on their shoulder, uh, acting like the pool bearers. But it was... That's no uh, way to talk about the, um, the patient. Uh, well, no, I mean, it was inappropriate, yes, humorous, yes. Uh, and I think certainly, uh, you know, during these times, don't mistake my humour, uh, you know, about the virus as a lack of seriousness or concern. Um, it's just that laughing through hard times is, uh, yeah, you know, happens to be how I got absolutely. through my whole life. Um, so it was for me old move I, I think as they were making it they knew that they probably shouldn't but it took uh, it took some brass balls to uh, to pull that one off and uh, just follow through do you think the ambulance service has suffered a little bit from the Streisand effect uh potentially i mean i hadn't heard of it until uh, you know i saw the headline and when i read that headline i was desperate to see the video well there you go <laughs> There you go, exactly. That is just incredible. You know, just funny, like, I remember, like, oh, what is it, five, seven years ago when planking was the worst thing <laughs> someone could do? <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. we opened We opened a door one night. We had some commotion outside the front door. We opened the door, uh, front door. It was about eight o'clock at night. Looked down, and there was a kid just planked in the front, on front of our front door. <laughs> I don't think they expected us to open the door because obviously they hadn't rung the bell or anything. <laughs> His mates just ran off laughing. It's hilarious. Oh, man. So for me, that was uh, my Billy Big Balls of the Week. Uh, sorry, there we go. Billy Big Balls of the Week. So we're trying a brand new um, podcast solution and uh, trying to get all of our all our jingles in correctly. So a little bit... Little bit uh, a uh, few timing issues here and there, it's, but I think it's still working a lot much- better than Tom's home homegrown solution. Hey, this is still my homegrown solution. No, this, this is us moving to the cloud instead of you buying like twenty different bits of kit and trying to connect them all together. Well, he's got a welder. He's going to. It's going to do something. <laughs> I'm just waiting to use this one. Oh my. <laughs> You've been waiting oh, a this long one. time on this podcast. Uh, there's no humour in this. Uh, <laughs> no worthy humour. No. Well, do you know what? Something actually just uh, hearing that music, I don't know why it triggered me. That, um, I um, had a call from North Korea the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. If, um, just completely out of the blue, I had a missed call. Uh, well, I didn't. I heard the phone ring, but by the time I got to it, it was obviously a missed call. Uh, it's a plus eight five zero number, uh, mm-hmm. which I've never, you know, I didn't recognise. It wasn't any uh, colleagues in the US or uh, you know anyone else that would typically call me late at night. And um, yeah, upon looking up, plus eight five zero allows you to call North Korea. 
Um, Perhaps you'd won the North Korean lottery. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> oh, you know. they, uh, so, well, you know what? Um, so, obviously, I, I was kind of, you know, text, uh, you know, a group of friends. I was like, holy crap, like, you know. Uh, because North Korea is not a car, you know, a country I want associated on my phone records. Um, Was it the HMRC of North Korea? Well, it's uh, always that uh, potential, which uh, you know I'm, I'm not a fan of. But uh, I will say, a, a friend of mine very quickly replied, um, "Kim's popped it after all, and they reckon that with your height, width, and hamster cheeks, you could make a decent standing." <laughs> 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 what's that uh, uh yeah so I thought, okay yeah very good uh but no never called back don't uh i, I want to be able to prove next time i try and get into the u.s that i did not contact north america uh north korea, north korea. <laughs> yeah, north korea. <laughs> so, Ken, if you're listening andy is available uh short rates or short rates no that's that's you generally uh low rates um and um uh, yeah, available for your weddings and bar mitzvahs and uh, things like that uh, a as a standing. Great leader, great leader, great leader. J- just, to, just to let you know that Tom and I, we we've we've been friends for many years. We don't actually know Andy. He's just an invited <laughs> guest onto this podcast. We don't associate with him. No. It's a bit like how everyone gets uh, taken for secondary screening since they uh, walk through the airport with you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if and if Andy needs an alibi for something that may or may not have happened to an auditor in the future, we have no idea. We never met him. I'm sure he's a very fine person, but uh, outstanding no. member of this community. Right, I think we should, uh, uh, on legal advice, should we, should we do some industry we news? Move on. Yes. Yeah. Industry news. Brexit-related firm wins government contracts based. Sorry, let me try that again. <laughs> Brexit-related firms wins government contracts related to AI and data mining. Industry news. Completely screwed that one up. Uh, blockchain startups move from coin offerings to investment for funding. Industry news. GCHQ granted access to NHS data as privacy concerns increase. Deja vu. Again. Yes. <laughs> Industry news. I think the uh, writer behind these articles needs to uh, pull his or her finger out and uh, yeah, up the game. Do yeah. a bit of work. I'm sure one of those we did last week. Yes. And it's a week is a long time in InfoSec. <laughs> yeah. Here we are trying to earn an honest living, holding a mirror up to the industry. And yet there's this dearth of. Um, of quality uh, articles that we can talk about. So come on, journalists, pull your finger out so we can do some more of the... Give us uh, some interesting headlines. That we can... Industry yeah. news. Yeah, that was industry news. But you know, that that last story actually, um, was it, it was an interesting one, the one about um, GCHQ being granted access to NHS data. Um, sort of like teased me up quite unexpectedly, guys. Oh, you mean for your tweet of the week? God, it's such a professional job, this. I know, I know. Um, yes, so the tweet of the week was actually related to it. And it's it's a good tweet of the week from a good old friend of ours. I mean, like old... Friend of the show, folks. Friend of the show, that's what I meant. 
Uh, it's by Rick Ferguson, who many of you know. Um, uh, all of us are jealous of his long flowing locks. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, I could tweeted... grow my hair like that if I wanted to. Just let you guys know. Yeah, I could also yeah, on your chest, maybe. <laughs> when they make me supreme leader of North Korea, you guys will regret this. <laughs> when you come round to our house with an anti-tank gun. I'll nuke this country when I'm there. <laughs> kidding. Hostess known does not condone such activities. <laughs> oh, See. Anyway, go on. See, that, go that's on. white privilege in action, folks. <laughs> Andy can get away with saying something like that. Yeah. Right, I'm going uh, <laughs> to play my African um, nationality card here. So. I wrote what? Like this? <laughs> Exactly that. (laughs) Come on, Jav. Okay, so um, Rick Ferguson said, Health Secretary Matt Hancock has announced that Baroness Dido Harding will head up the wider test, track and trace program. Ahem. And then he's linked to an article he wrote in 2015. Now, um, if you think that the name Baroness Dido Harding sounds familiar... She did a duet with Eminem, didn't she? Um... <laughs> a friend of mine went to school with her. Which, Dido Harding or the Dido rap? Uh, no, Dido. Dido, Dido. That's your claim to fame, Tom. Well well done. No, my claim to fame is I've been in Kate Bush's bedroom. Who's Bush? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whose bedroom is Bush? What? Right, well, Kate Bush. I mean, that can go in many directions. Uh, you know, one, did she know? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. She, to she took me in the, there. You know the kite from the the, the album, the Kick Inside. She, she there's a big kite on it that was on the ceiling above her bed, and she took me in to show me. <laughs> um, I was five, by the way. All right. Do we have? Oh, okay. Right. That would be inappropriate. Then I was about to say, do we have any Pornhub music queued up that you can? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That would be inappropriate. Yeah. So I well, used to go. You to, added the to, five to, part to, like, afterwards, like you know, yeah, so you're exactly. making this sound worse than it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's right. Um, I used to go to like nursery school with her nephew, and used to go around to his his, his house for um, you know play dates and stuff, and then and then you know. She was always hanging around. First first concert I ever saw in 1977, I think it was. I didn't realise she was so much older than you. Literally before I was born as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do go on, Jav. So, <laughs> it's not that Baroness Dido Harding that has got any relation to music, but she was the CEO of Talk Talk when they suffered a massive almighty breach. Um, So Rick's tweet links to an article he wrote on October 26th, 2015. Wow, uh, we we really keep up with the times here. Um, But it it just sort of like tears apart a lot of her strategy and what she did and and, uh, uh, how, how she communicated. But this is... A problem we see a lot of the times it's people who've got a, a track record of failure continually <laughs> uh, hashtag i'm not talking about you alex stamos don't <laughs> at me <laughs> but you know they're, they're these people that have got no please come on the show alex yeah they've got nothing to do with security and they just keep on getting put into these positions where 
they're in charge of so much information, there's sensitive information there, or they're responsible for incident response. Actually, there was a university, um, it just came to mind last week, uh, Warwick University, I think, a couple of weeks ago. They suffered a breach, and they didn't even bother reporting it because the person that was, the, the registrar was also head of data protection services, and she had no experience at all in that field and didn't think it was important to report it or investigate it. And actually, the the auditors actually made a direct recommendation that they should put someone who actually knows what they're doing into that role. Um, so it, this, this sort of like incompetence is everywhere. Uh, and and then you have like people like Andy's auditor going around trying to say that you need to raise a ticket every morning just to get temporary access to System Thirty Two folder in order to log into your machine. So it's it's just annoying. It, it's something that is a uh, uh, rife I'm, I'm, in the industry. It's rife in the industry. I'm I'm trying to like temper it. I, I want it to maintain a, a a ranty vibe as opposed to like going full on nuclear. Uh, no, no pun intended, Andy. On on this whole topic, but you, you know this this is a industry full of mediocrity, and then on top of it, we promote absolute incompetence, and to have people like. Well, you know, Dido Harding in charge of something so sensitive was just as bad as having Matt Hancock as health secretary, I suppose. So, but. is this um, is this uh, an issue with the infosec industry hiring mediocrity, or is it um, people who are good at self promotion getting the better jobs? Well, this this tweet isn't about the infosec security per se i mean dido hardin's not an infosec person right she's a singer what? yeah well she keynoted at infosec a, a year or two ago yeah yeah but you know the keynotes that they bring in aren't always infosec people no that's right have you ever but then keynoted again, you know, i completely agree with you i think we do promote mediocrity and you know the peter principle of being promoted to the level of incompetence and all that sort of thing you know although at the keynote last last year um you know she she put her hands up to everything and said, actually, there was some huge learning. She was very poorly advised, et cetera, et cetera. So to a certain extent, she was the, um, you know, she she was the public scapegoat rather than the people who were, who, who were advising her badly. They were the ones that probably should have been more vilified. So is it now you think she's got the experience? She knows what bad looks like uh, and she knows how to avoid that. So that's why that, she's well, an I ideal candidate. I think that's it's such a bad misconception as well. It's like me going into the ring and getting knocked out by Mike Tyson in his prime. Well, he's clearly a good boxer now because he knows how to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, that, that that very binary example maps so clearly onto such a complex environment. It does, absolutely. See, we, we, we have to dumb it down for our three audience members, otherwise we're going to risk of losing them too, okay? so <laughs> What? what? Us three. That's you, me... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an interesting one because I, uh, you know, Rick, Rick is someone whose opinion I I I I respect greatly. Uh, I also, but I also, my opinion of of Dido Harding changed as a result of last year's keynote. That's not to say I think she's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, but I don't think she's as necessarily as ill equipped to deal with this as perhaps you might think. Man, this is just like. 
this is the problem, you see. It's like you're so willing to give white privilege another chance. Uh, I was going to say, there's going to be white privilege and old man in here somewhere. And, you know, this is how, how capitalism has worked for a long time and, and, and it, well, in its corrupt and current form that it is here. <laughs> You know, it, it's, oh, it's like you—you you know, you go on Twitter, yeah, and um, Kevin Mitnick, my 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 work colleague, yeah. Anytime he tweets something, there's a whole barrage of like hate against him, and it's completely unwarranted. It's just like you know, you're a criminal, you're this, you're that, and, and what have you. And there's a complete hate group, and and what have you. And the dude actually did time, yeah, and most of that he spent in solitary confinement, yeah. That's called paying your dues, yeah, and. You know, you can then expect someone to have a chance to say, "Okay, you you've gone, you made a mistake, you've done your time. Now let's give you a chance to, you know, come back into society and be an honest person again." This is like someone makes a colossal f up, and it doesn't they, intentionally they, they, screw up. They, just, just you know, is in a situation just, where the screw up happens. They're, they're to incompetent. Them. They completely screw up. They've not done a, a, an and, illegal act, and then, they've not done anything knowingly illegal. And then the, no, the bar, kidding. the bar of forgiveness here is: well, she gave, she said some nice words at Infosec when I saw her at the keynote, so I now believe her. <laughs> Which, <laughs> you know, and those words came clearly from her heart. They weren't you know, massaged to win an inch of their life by PR wonks. Well, and, I'll be honest and... with you, I didn't actually see the keynote, but I just know that what <laughs> <you> said. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, uh, just, just a point of fact, uh, Kevin Mitnick is actually a criminal. Um, you know, so it, there's, it may not, li- you know, he may have served his time, but that doesn't escape the fact he has a criminal record. Just to, you know, cri- point that out. As far as I'm aware... Uh, Dido Hardin hasn't held up a corner shop or anything at gunpoint. Well, you know, that, that's, and, and I think that's where I, I would say CEOs um, and, you know, heads of security and everything, maybe they should be held to the same account. When they're through their sheer incompetence, they gather millions and millions of records relating to individuals, and then they're careless enough to let it slip through the fingers. And then they're incompetent to the degree where they don't even do a good um, incident response sort of process to it, then I think they should be held to a similar account as someone who's malicious in nature. So so in, I agree that incompetence is no defence in law, but was a law actually broken, a criminal law broken? Oh, my God. It's like, it's like speaking to like people from Eton right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> People who have a fundamental understanding of the laws of England and Wales. No, no, the 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 sort of uh, like rich elitists who make all the laws, if we who place all the loopholes in it. If every person was trialed um, by the court of social media, there would be a lot more deaths than there are now. Yeah, and, it would be under jab, definitely. And you and you say that like that's a bad thing or something. <laughs> you know, I, I just. Ordinarily, I'd say go and have a Snickers or something, Jav. But obviously, right at this period of time, that's that's not that's quite insensitive of me. Not illegal of me, quite an incompetent thing of me to for me to say, but not illegal. Andy, you're going to uh, North Korea soon. I heard Libya's got an opening. How about we we form an alliance right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to get off and move on from this topic quickly. Yeah, indeed. Before, Hang on. Uh, Tweet of the week. There we go. Thanks for that, Jeff. 
Whoa. <laughs> Dear me. And by the way, if um, if there's any sponsors out there that might be interested in joining into our socio-political and economic uh, discussions on this um, consumer-focused information security podcast, yes, this could be you. Host Unknown. Sponsored by Insert Name Here. Beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't wouldn't want to be associated with you know in depth conversation and, and current affairs analysis like that? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, please, folks, please. I I, I really need to replace the, the co presenters because they they just have no idea what they're talking about. Well, one especially. The other one, I'm working on. <laughs> oh dear, that got very serious. I like that. You know, it was almost uh, uh, a replacement for the rant of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It yeah. was. It was. It's going to make my job a little bit right. more difficult later on. Let's see if you can uh, if you can make a rant more rant worthy than that. <laughs> All right. Should, should we should we move on to that then? Yeah. Let's give it wait, a go. Let, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Let's give people a break. Run that um, the uh, the commercial ad thing one more time, just to let people's brains reset before we head into something far more intense. The commercial ad. Okay. Hang on. The uh, your no, your name here. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about careers. All <laughs> oh, 30 seconds of it. You know, we want to. All right, stop. <laughs> so. So, yeah, folks, if you, if you would like to have um, uh, the uh, African funeral music played next to your uh, uh, company name, then you know who to call. Host unknown. Sponsored by Insert Name Here. Do you think that's a bit enough of a break? Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, we, we we practice so much before we do these things. Rant of the week. So hang on, I'm just gonna go on uh, mute because I'm just about to have a coughing fit, excuse me. And while Tom is uh on his, what is it with, with in, in, the, oh, in the throes of death? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This this Rona is getting right to me. So we are looking um, for a replacement once Tom dies, <laughs> which shouldn't be too long. <laughs> so we want someone young and uh, energetic, and someone that can carry the show with us for a long time to come. So Jack Daniel, if you're listening and you're free, yeah, uh, that's good to say. Brian Honan, no need to apply. Yeah. Uh, rant of the week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this is what I'm calling the uh, Hignifi effect, the which what? is my very the Hignifi effect, which is uh, it stands for Have I got news for you? Um, and I I blogged about this quite recently. Now you may recall uh, a popular TV show called Have I Got News for You on the BBC done on Friday nights. It's very topical. It's recorded something like. Uh, less than 24 hours before it goes live so it always picks up on current affairs and the you know the very latest things of the week panel show um uh, paul merton and uh i can't remember the other folks now and um basically five people on the panel show live talking lots of banter kicking off each other etc now when the uh, when the rona hit and we all had to go into lockdown uh, it was a bit of a problem because they couldn't get everybody in the studio. So what they did for the first episode of the new series that was scheduled, rather than cancel it, postpone it or whatever, 
they uh, sent iPhones uh, to the uh, guests, uh, iPhones, some lighting, microphones, etc., and basically set up uh, the virtual environment. So the show was actually carried out whilst they were in their uh, kitchens, living rooms, you know, uh, offices, etc. Uh, and it was broadcast as normal. Now, the, the, it didn't quite work the first time around. It was a little bit stilted. So the jokes are still funny. The, the timing was a little bit off, not unlike this podcast, really. But it worked. And each week, it gets better and better. The qualities of, you know, the technical quality is better. The lighting's better. The, much like this podcast. The, much like this podcast. Yeah, the timing's better. Exactly. And it got better and better. And actually, the show, although it's, has a very different feel to it, is actually the same show, and they're, they're they're making it happen. Now, if you compare that to what I've seen in this industry, and certainly as a um, you know a, a, a small company uh, working with many many different clients, what I've seen is that so many companies have literally just stopped everything. They're no longer going. You know, obviously, they're not going to. Um, in-person events and conferences and forums and all that sort of thing. But they're not doing anything else either. And it's like they've just gone into their shells and just waiting for this to go over, to, to, to blow over. Whereas other companies are actually embracing it. So, um, you know, a, a company I used to work for, they've jumped onto the LinkedIn um, broadcast thing that LinkedIn do, and they're doing weekly uh, panels for about an hour gathering lots of feedback and getting questions from people online, etc. And it works well. You know, I'm seeing people that I used to work with sat in their living rooms doing the, doing a panel. Other organizations running big Zoom town halls or, you know, anything like this. You've seen a lot of other companies who are actually embracing it. It's, it feels a bit crap at first. You know, it's it, we're not used to it. We're not used to this kind of environment. Um, and certainly in this country where webinars are not as popular as perhaps they are in the, in, uh, the US, for instance. But actually, this is just us getting used to a new, a new normal. And I think the difference here is companies that are embracing the change and actually leveraging this technology to make things work for them, even though it's a bit clunky at first, it's difficult, it's a little bit awkward, but eventually they're getting much better and better at it versus the companies that are just holding back and just waiting for it to blow over. And it seems to me any company, certainly in this industry, that can't deal with disruption whilst trying to serve an industry that deals with disruption is not one that we should be you know, looking to partner with or work with. And so, you know, my, my rant is effectively against the number of companies out there that are just, just literally doing nothing and waiting for this all to finish and things to go back to normal, even though normal is never going to come back. There's going to be a new normal. So yeah, that that's 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 my rant of the week. You know, folks, um, have you seen any of this? There, there are two things to this that I, I've got to say. First off, um, stop using the word "new normal." I just absolutely hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you took from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secondly, what I took from this really is that this isn't a rant about the industry. This is a rant about an independent contractor. <laughs> or independent consultant 
<laughs> he's been told by his clients that, you know, we're putting his projects on hold. And he's like taken that to encompass the whole industry is on hold. Because <laughs> I'm in. Damn it, you've seen, seen through me. I'm but in gainful. Did you notice how the fanboys still got in that it was iPhones that were sent out to. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to <look. laughs> Click on Tom's affiliate link to uh, Apple in the, in the description below. <laughs> well, why would you send Android to? Uh, to be fair, do you know? Um, do you remember the, uh, as we know, the King of Tigers, um, Carol yes, Baskin, yes. Uh, and oh. all those guys, <laughs> the uh, the Tiger King? Um, do you remember the finale, or as I say, that follow up show that they shot? Yeah. Uh, you know, the after, uh, you know, what happened after the, when the curtain closed? Um, again, that was a situation where it was all filmed on iPhones, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, they sent out the iPhones to everyone to make it happen. Yeah, that's right. So what we're saying is iPhones are pretty good out of the box, right? And I think you know, if the, yeah, they are. They just work. They just work. But also, but also, it's it's you know, if the BBC and if if you know other organisations can can cope with this, then then so can everyone else. So, so I, to be honest, like I I agree with your points that we should be adaptable. Um, in my company and in, in companies I deal with, I've not really seen that. I've seen everyone adapt to it quite quickly having said that i will do work for a us-based company so maybe it's a more of a uk thing but i don't know andy seems to be busier than ever but then I, I work for a uk-based company and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're very familiar with um you know working remotely different locations uh global company as well so quite used to um you know adapting um and but you know don't, it wasn't without challenges uh you know no, i think there was no. um yeah certainly uh, unprecedented levels of uh, traffic connecting at times, uh, which would normally not have peaks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got through it pretty quickly. I mean, you know, sort of get over it in two hours, or else you get fired. That's um, you know how we work. So it's a major incentive. Nice, nice. <laughs> no, Those, uh, people you want to work for. Yeah. No. Having, having said that, I do think that there is something to be said for like um, independent like or external contract because a lot of companies are going through like a lot of cost cutting measures and what they're yeah, trying and, to and do cash flow retention right and, yeah, and what they're trying to do is preserve their their full-time employees before um anything else so that's why like if you're an external consultant or advisor you know you're going to get hit the hardest um and then all non-essential projects are going to get canned uh, and then maybe like some employees will be offered like, you know, can you work four days a week and we'll give you 80% of your salary kind of thing just to help try and meet those budgets. So I think it's, it's, it, it's, I, I'd say it's, it's less of a let's adapt to technology and more of a business cash flow issue for a lot of organizations out there. Oh, I, I, I totally get that. But I think it's, it's, it's the ones that I've seen that just do nothing, literally just, you know, they, they were going to be going government. To- yeah, that's right. <laughs> they were going to be going to so many different shows, going to be doing this, that, and the other. And now they're they're not doing anything to to engage with their market at all. You know, and that's that's not necessarily my clients or anything. I think it's it's uh, um, you, you're seeing which companies are out there actually embracing a new a new style of working versus or new style of marketing versus those that are just waiting. Can you give any examples? Can you name any names? No, I won't name any names because because they may be clients (laughs) (laughs) in the future. God, I'm not stupid. 
So companies, if you're thinking of engaging Tom Langford, just be wary that if you don't give him the deal he wants, he might start throwing shade at you. <laughs> but to be fair, he didn't actually name them. So, you know. Yeah. No, he'll imply. He'll imply. <laughs> he'll imply. Yes. But don't worry, Tom. Uh, when I go to Korea, I'll have a job for you. Oh, marvellous. Marvellous. Chief of, I don't know, lounging. Hiding the bodies. Like Chief of body hiding. Yeah. Yeah, you can ask Siri to do that. Again with the fanboy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Apple, perhaps you'd like to be uh, a sponsor. This could be you. Host Unknown, sponsored by Apple. Insert name here. <laughs> you know, having said that, um, so I used to have an iPhone and then I switched to Android a few years ago. Just because, so, so on the desktop and computer, I, I've, I, I just really like Apple. I've, I've always used it, mainly because. I think uh, Final Cut Pro is there, and uh, it, it's just the best, like for me, video editing. Um, but I had this old iPad too. Um, I actually, no, no, no. Let's, before the iPad too, I mean that's just sitting there. It can't be updated or anything. But um, I was looking for a new, like a, a reader, because my my Kindle's not very good for reading PDF documents. And I was like, oh, what's a good reader? And I was looking at the remarkable and this, that, the other and everything. And Tom suggested, hey, you know, you can put them into iBooks on your on your old iPad. And uh, to Tom's credit, I've got to say, it just works brilliantly. It is the best um, sort of like PDF reader I have. So I might be coming back into the fold. So, so Tom, Ooh. you deserve your... Um, your uh, commission on that. And uh, cool. Tom, you're also uh, spending time um, uh, fixing old iPods at the moment, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I am. iPod uh, 3G, third generation. Fitting them up with uh, replacement batteries and um, SD card storage. Is this to uh, relive the uh, Walkman days where you're carrying around something really bulky in your pocket? Um, I, I often walk around with something bulky. <laughs> Your testicles that your ex-wife gave. <laughs> gave <to> your... <laughs> no, I'm talking about my uh, iPhone XS Max. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were talking about your hemorrhoids. On that lovely note, on that lovely note, I believe we're going to have to end because we're, I think we've probably even gone over our, our longest podcast. And every week we say we've got to do it shorter. So... Folks, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Jav, thank you, sir. Thank you for waking up, rolling over in bed and switching your, your, I was going to say iPhone, your uh, Android on to to join us. You're welcome. Jolly good. And Andy, thank you very much. And uh, long may the Supreme Leader live. Absolutely. And uh, I look forward, uh, Tom, to uh, hearing about uh, what VE Day was like. Um, your first-hand experience of being there. Um, so look forward to uh, chatting <laughs> through that later on. Thanks, mate. Host Unknown, the podcast, was written, performed and produced by Andrew Agnes, Javad Malik and Tom Langford. Copyright 2015 or something like that insert legal agreements here as applicable and binding in your country of residence. We thank you.
That was you trying to be nice to me. Well, I said that you recommended the iPad and like, <laughs> it's really work. It really works. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Much obliged. <laughs> <laughs>